You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What is going on everyone, my name is Andy, welcome back to another FPL video and this one is some of my final thoughts ahead of the game week 5 deadline so as always I'm going to go through the latest press conference information and discuss what that means from an FPL point of view I'm also going to quickly talk about my own team, thoughts on transfers and stuff like that as well so if you enjoyed the video make sure to give it a like hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And ahead of game week five, there's still time to sign up to Fantasy Football Hub. All the links you need are in the description below. They've got a seven-day free trial at the moment and up to 30% off. So make sure to check that out. Links in the description below. Let's start off with what Pochettino said about Ben Chilwell. I don't think there's really massive concern about Chilwell in the FPL community if you already own him, but I have seen some people talk about whether or not we should get rid of him or think about that soon. So this is what Pochettino said. We need to find solutions with different players playing in different positions uh, to try and get the best balance. Ben is a fullback who can help the team in a different position. In four games, he has created more chances than any player. In the national team last week, Ben played in a similar position. So that kind of tells us that Pochettino is quite happy with Chilwell playing left wing. And so if you own him with fixtures like Bournemouth away, Villa at home, Fulham away and Burnley away to come, I can't really think of any reason why you consider getting rid of him. Even if you don't rate the Chelsea defence that highly, which would be fair enough, by the way, the fact that he's listed as a defender, I've said this before, and playing left wing, that is kind of an FPL dream. I just don't see how we can even think about getting rid of him. And even if he does move from that left wing position, he's surely still going to play, but as a left back instead. I mean, I guess maybe long term, there are some worries that Pochettino doesn't trust him as a left back, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's more that he doesn't necessarily trust the players who are wingers that would usually play left wing, and therefore he's playing Chilwell there instead. So I think that's quite a positive thing from an FPL point of view. If you own him, there's no need to sell him. I guess the question is, could you still buy him? I think if you're willing to hold him up until game week nine, especially if you're wildcarding around that period... And the next four fixtures are okay. I guess it's a shame that three of them are away from home. But again, a defender playing as a left winger, we need that in our teams. 
So a few people have been waiting for a Sven Botman update. Obviously, he's the cheapest way into the Newcastle defence. They've got a bit of a fixture swing from game week five onwards, and he was flagged over the international break. So this is what a journalist said to Eddie Howe in the press conference today. Sven Botman wasn't available at Brighton. Will he be back this week? And Eddie Howe said, possibly, yeah. He's trained this week, so fingers crossed for Sven. We'll see how he feels today. Now, that means he hasn't been ruled out of game week five, but Eddie Howe also hasn't come out and said he's fully fit and available and going to start. Although, to be fair, Howe doesn't usually give us that kind of information anyway. There are some rumours going around on Twitter that he's only been training since Wednesday, so it's not a full week of training. It would just be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and obviously the match is on Saturday evening. I would say, whether or not he plays in game week five, he should be fine for game week six. Obviously, Newcastle will have Champions League in between that as well. So if you own him, best case scenario is just to hold on to him. Hopefully, you don't need to play him this week. You've got three other defenders. But even if you had to play him, I would probably just put him in the first 11. And obviously, then you've got him for the good fixtures after that as well. And if you're someone that wants a Newcastle defender, if possible, I would put off buying him until next week just in case. But if it's part of a move where you're downgrading the defender to get him in to upgrade an attacker elsewhere. I think he's perfectly okay to buy. A few people have asked me whether or not I think share is worth the extra money. And I do, as long as it's not going to stop you making an even better move in the next few weeks. So I do think Fabian Share's goal threat from set pieces is superior to Botman. But if that 0.5 million is going to stop you making a really good move either in game week 6, 7, 8 or whatever it might be, then I would probably just take the savings and go for Botman instead. But either way, this is positive for anyone that's held him, anyone that wants to bring him in soon. I think I'm looking at a Newcastle defender possibly this week or next. I'm not quite decided on who I want to go for. I think Trippier is the best, but he's a lot of money. And there's just this gut feeling that it's not going to be worth it for kind of four to five weeks when I then might wildcard anyway. But any of Trippier, share Botman, all looking good. Maybe not desperately needed for game week five anyway. Brentford at home is not easy. But from six onwards, the fixtures do get pretty good. I'm not sure there's a huge amount of Trent Alexander-Arnold owners around, but we did get an update about him today. The journalist asked Jurgen Klopp, is there any concern over Trent Alexander-Arnold's hamstring? And Klopp basically said this. Now, it was a little bit of a longer answer. I've shortened it. But he confirmed that he's unavailable for game week five, so he's not going to play against Wolves away. He said he's back running and can hopefully start ball work early next week. So I guess from that, he may even be a doubt for game week six as well. Ultimately, especially if you needed to play him this week, he's got to be a sell. That's just too much money to have on your bench, especially when after Wolves away. It's West Ham at home, which isn't a bad fixture, but again, he may or may not be a doubt for that. And then it spurs away and Brighton away. And I think if you've got a Liverpool attacker, you're looking at the next four fixtures. Probably not too concerned. Liverpool will probably score in every single one of those games. But I think the best chances of a clean sheet are game weeks five and six. You would expect Spurs and Brighton to both score against Liverpool. So I think for that much money, you probably just get rid of him. Liverpool do have that fixture swing that I've spoken about a bit with Salah from game week nine onwards. So it starts with uh, Everton at home. Then it's, can't remember who after that. Yeah, Luton away. Sorry, yeah, Everton at home game week 9, Forest at home game week 10, Luton away game week 11, Brentford at home game week 12. But to be honest with you, having thought a lot about what wild cards might look like in game weeks 8, 9, and 10, it's going to be quite hard to fit Trent in as well as all those other attackers we want and Salah and Haaland. So unless you're prepared to drop Haaland, I'm not sure Trent is going to be... I don't want to say he's not going to be viable because he's going to be a great option over that time. But I just don't think he's going to fit in very well. So if I had him... And especially if I needed to play him in game week five, 
and he didn't have another great defender on the bench. I think he's an easy sell this week. In terms of who to go for, I guess Newcastle defenders are right at the top of that list. You could still bring in someone like Chilwell as well. That's probably where I would mostly look. I don't think there's too many other defenders I think about. Maybe Man City. But I just feel like the time to jump on them was a few weeks ago. Now with Champions League starting up and stuff like that, I'm not sure whether I would go on to them. So probably someone like Trippier, Cher or Botman, or maybe Chilwell if you don't own him. I'm sure there's someone I've forgotten. Leave me a comment below and let me know which defenders I'm uh, not thinking about. I guess you doggy from Spurs as well. So I probably should have mentioned all this when I talked about Chilwell, but I did watch Pochettino's press conference for Chelsea and there were a few updates. One of which is that Lavia is out. Now I guess from an FPL point of view, that doesn't matter a huge amount, right? We're not going to pick him to score goals and assists, but when he is back and available, that might have knock-on effects to other players, depending on how Pochettino kind of uses him but for now there's nothing to worry about he didn't say how long he was going to be out for but there's rumors going around it could be four to six weeks so not one for us to worry about right now he also said that Broyer is not yet ready to join the squad um, a journalist kind of put it to him that he was going to be on the bench on Sunday and he said he wasn't ready yet now obviously we're not looking to pick Broyer for FPL but it does have a knock-on effect for Nicholas Jackson I know people are frustrated with him he's been quite heavily sold this week but the one thing you can guarantee from him at the moment is minutes, right? There's not really anyone else to play that number nine role. I've seen some people speculate that maybe Sterling will be given a go centrally. I find that really hard to believe, especially when Chilwell is being used as a winger, right? That kind of tells me that Pochettino is not really happy about the other options he has. So if you put Sterling central, he's got to play someone else wide in a time when he's currently playing Chilwell left wing. I guess they've got Cole Palmer now that could play on the right, but I don't know. I just don't see it. So if you're frustrated frustrated with Jackson, I completely get it, but he's not someone you need to rush out of your squad, especially when his minutes are so good and he constantly gets uh, chances as well. He could have had returns from both of the last two games. The fixture run coming up is pretty good. And then maybe the biggest update of the lot is he was asked about Reese James. He said they're assessing him every day. And he eventually said he hopes that James will be back before the next international break. So I think that's after game week eight. It's between game weeks eight and nine. So there's a chance James could miss Bournemouth and Villa, possibly Fulham, maybe not even back until the Burnley game. And who knows with him, it could be even longer. Now, again, we're not looking to buy Reese James right now. But for anyone that's got gusto and is worried about their defense and wanted to use him over the next few weeks, there you go. Reese James is not available. Gusto should uh, continue playing. Now, I've got Chilwell, obviously. I've spoken about that quite a lot. I don't know how many clean sheets are on offer for Chelsea here, but given Gusto's price, I wouldn't really be too concerned whatsoever. So you can hold on to him for a little while longer. It's very unlikely you're going to want a different three Chelsea players at this point. The boat has kind of been missed to load up on a triple up. But if you've got Gusto with James out, looking like a pretty good hold for now. So there are a few injury updates from Pep Guardiola for Man City. Basically, Kovacic, Grealish and Stones have all been ruled out. He did make it sound like they're not really long-term injuries. So it could just be game week five that they miss. Then they might be available for game week six. Obviously, he'll talk more about that next week. And most of those players are not really FPL options, right? Most people don't own Stones anymore or Grealish. And no one ever went for Kovacic anyway. But it is positive for other players you might have, especially Foden and Alvarez. Now, I've seen some people say that Grealish being out isn't good for Foden because he's going to have to play wide, but he's produced in those areas before. So I think if I had Foden, I'd probably want to keep hold of him right now. Alvarez has played 90 minutes pretty much in every single game so far. I don't see why that won't continue against West Ham. And look, West Ham away is not going to be 
an easy game for attacking returns. We know exactly how they're going to play. They're going to sit in. They're going to try and play on the counter. But if Man City can nick a goal within the first 20 minutes, who knows what might happen after that? I guess what will happen is they'll continue to sit in and not leak too many goals. But either way, I think given that the amount of players that are kind of out for Man City, Foden and Alvarez look pretty good to keep, just in case you were wavering on whether or not to sell them. And Stones being out is obviously good for Diaz, probably a Kanji as well. I haven't seen anything on Vardios. People seem a little bit worried that he might not be available. I can't tell you whether he's going to start, even if he is fit, because obviously he didn't start the last game, and that is the constant worry you have with Man City players. I guess if we don't get any updates, it doesn't look like he's going to start. Long term, he's probably not going to be a great option anyway, so just consider that. It's all going to depend on who you don't have and who you want to bring in, uh, but I think Diaz especially looks pretty good right now. He should start every game that he's fit and available for, and if you've got Foden now, raise again, things in the short term at least looking very good, although Champions League starts soon. It's going to be interesting over the next few weeks to see how that affects Man City players. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, let's talk about Brighton. And for any of you that transferred in Evan Ferguson early, before he got flagged with an injury over the international break, you might get lucky. Okay, so Deserby did talk about him. He said Ferguson started training on Thursday. So he hasn't trained a lot over the international break, but it's of course a positive that he is back in training. And he said a late decision will be made. So that's obviously whether or not, I guess, to start him or to include him in the squad. We don't really know. Will he start or won't he? Well, the other problem you've got is Welbeck should be fit. And I know people will say, you know, Ferguson scored a hat-trick. How can he be dropped? Ferguson has been managed the whole time under the Zerbi, both last season and this season. He didn't start the first couple of games. So in my opinion, if Welbeck is fit to start and Ferguson has only been training since Thursday, why take that risk? Especially when Europa League games are about to start. And obviously, they've got some big games after that in the league as well. Bournemouth at home, game week six. Villa away, seven. Liverpool at home, game week eight. So I personally don't think he'll start, but I'm only going off what I've seen from Deserby so far. What should you do with him? I guess if you've already made that transfer and there's a chance that he could start, you probably just hold on to him. For anyone that hasn't bought him yet, I would ignore him, right? There's no guarantee he starts against Man United. And after that, he could continue to be managed. It might be... There's a pattern that develops where Welbeck plays Europa League, Ferguson plays Premier League, in which case he could be great for FPL. But if we still see that rotation too much, it's just not going to be worth it. So, yeah, you might have got unlucky with Ferguson there. But I guess at the same time, don't make early transfers unless you absolutely need to. It's not like he's super expensive, but look, it is what it is. I've made plenty of early transfers before. You just got to hope you, got, uh, you get lucky. In this case, you may have done but probably not, in my opinion. Uh, he also said that Ansu Fati will make his debut. He didn't say whether he's going to start or not. I'd be very surprised if he does start. But whether or not he plays from the beginning or he comes off the bench, it's going to be really interesting to see where Deserby uses him. Because obviously that will have a knock-on effect in what other or what other players' minutes will then become. Does he play on the left instead of Matoma? Does that mean at some point... Matoma could be rested we'll have to wait and see I don't really know where he's going to play to be honest the only reason I think he could play across anywhere in that front uh sorry in that attack is because it's the Zerbi I just think that guy will play anyone anywhere if needed 
I guess the position he's played the most is on the left. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But we're going to see him in action. I'm quite excited about that. Uh, he also mentioned long trips for Estepinian and Buenanote. Now, Estepinian for me is a player that could be benched this week. Lots of people have got good defenders. Newcastle, Arsenal, uh, Man City, Spurs, you know, Chilwell, Gusto, etc. So it's probably not a huge issue for people. But I guess the question is, what if you want to play Estepinian this week? And now De Zerbi has mentioned that he's had to travel quite a long way, right? Now, there was a time last season where he went all the way to Australia and came back. And he, he played both games in a double game week. He is a bit of a machine, so I wouldn't be massively concerned. I guess if you were thinking about transferring him out anyway, maybe this is the excuse you now need. But I think he's great for Bournemouth at home. And depending on when you're wildcard, and he's also great from game week 10 onwards. The fixtures in game week 7, 8, and 9 for Brian are quite tough for clean sheets. Um, so you've got Villa away, Liverpool home, Man City away. But Bournemouth at home in 6... And from game week 10 onwards, look pretty good. I would want him at least for game week 10 onwards. If you have to drop him for Bournemouth at home, given the fixtures around it, it's not the end of the world. But I just thought that was worth noting. Again, if I had to guess, I think Estepinian will start because he's such a machine. But that does obviously put a few doubts in our mind. So for most people, it's not going to matter. But just take it into account when you're thinking about what to do with him. All right, let's talk about Man United because they've got a lot of players unavailable at the moment. How does that affect them from an FPL point of view? I know some of you are thinking about selling Rashford, Fernandes, maybe Onana as well. So let's go through what Ten Hag has said. He confirmed that Mount and Varane are not fit for the Brighton game. Now, I'd rather Mount was in the team, but I don't think it's a huge issue from an FPL point of view. The midfield, if he was fit, would probably be Casemiro, Mount, Fernandes. Without him there, it just means Ericsson will play instead. Now, in terms of off-the-ball work, general energy levels, you know, later on in the game, he's not as good as Mount, but on the ball, he's still great. So, if you're worried about Fernandez because Mount's not playing, I don't think it's really a huge issue, right? That's not reason enough to sell, I would say. In terms of Varane, it's also not ideal, but Lindelof and Martinez are both fit to start. And in recent times, both this season and, and the end of last season, when Lindelof had to cover for Varane, he actually played pretty well. So I'm not too concerned about that. And obviously Martinez is first choice left centre-back anyway. Wan-Bissaka will probably continue playing right back. It's really that left-back spot that's a problem. Luke Shaw is out. Dallow's been playing there. It's not ideal to have a right-back playing left-back. But again, I don't think the Varane injury would be enough for me to say, well, I've got to get rid of Anana. Like Brighton are probably going to score whether Varane or Lindelof plays. Even if Luke Shaw was playing, right? They're a great attacking team. It's the fixtures afterwards that get better for Man United. So I mentioned this on a video, I think transfer tips. If you've got Anana and you've got a spare transfer, you want to get rid of him, fair enough, do it. But it's got to be a pretty low priority move, I would say. And unless you're going to spend more money, there's not a huge amount of goalkeepers you'd want to bring in this week anyway. So I think Anana's probably okay to hold on to. The attack is a little bit more interesting. Anthony and Sancho are both not going to play for different reasons. Anthony is obviously first choice right wing. You would have assumed, if there weren't these ongoing issues, that Sancho might have stepped in there. Who is going to play? Now, Fernandez has played right wing before. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen here, and I'll come on to that in a minute. But from an FPL point of view, I don't think it matters. I think either way... Fernandez is playing number 10, or he's playing on the right. And I think his FPL appeal is good in both of those positions. So I'm not really concerned about that. The reason I don't think he'll play right wing is because Mount's not available to step in in the number 10. 
and there was no update on Amrabat, so we don't even know if he's fit and available to play. So I think Fernandez is going to have to play more centrally. Palistri could go in there. That would probably be best case scenario. That's kind of his position. Hoyland's obviously going to come in as the number nine as well. I mean, Ten Hag didn't say that, but if he's fit and available, I just don't see why he doesn't start. And also, by the way, I think that helps Rashford and Fernandez. So that's also a positive. I guess the worst case scenario would be if Rashford played on the right because he's not as good there. Like, Garnacho could play in that position and Rashford could just stay on the left. And you might say, well, Rashford's one of your best players. Keep him in his best position. But he's also much more experienced. So it could be that he plays Garnacho left and Rashford on the right. Ultimately, I can't tell you exactly what's going to happen. But these updates have not really worried me enough to sell Rashford or Fernandes. If you're on the fence or you really want Son or whatever it might be, then absolutely go ahead and sell them. It's not like Man United players are essential. But I look at those, I think they'll score against Brighton. I think Burnley away is a good fixture. They've got back-to-back -back home games. I just don't see a rush to get rid of either of them. At the beginning of the season, if I was going to sell one, it would have been Fernandez. Now I think I've kind of switched on that. If I was going to sell one of them, it would probably be Rashford. Because Fernandez has played really well. Stats are looking good. He's on penalties and he's cheaper. But I think you can make a case to keep both. It's just who's going to play in that right position. If Amrabat was fit, then you might even see like Casemiro, Amrabat, Ericsson, then Fernandez on the right. But I just don't see that happening. So I think Fernandez will be fine either way. It's just whether Rashford gets put over there. Hopefully, it'll just be Palistri. He probably deserves a chance. And this is probably the best time to do it. And I just generally think Hoyland coming in is going to help that Man United attack in general. So if you want to sell him, which I know a lot of people do, obviously, go ahead and do it. You need to be happy with your FPL team. None of these updates have really changed my mind just yet. Let's see what happens by the time we get to the deadline tomorrow. These are the joys of making FPL content. As soon as I'd finished recording this whole final thoughts video, I logged onto Twitter and I saw that there was now an update about Amrabat after just saying that I hadn't seen one. I don't think it really changes anything I've just said, so I don't want to re-record that whole section. Ultimately, it probably does mean that Fernandes is not going to play on the right. I think he has to play centrally. Uh, but Ten Hag spoke to MUTV. This was on the Man United website. He said, Amrabat arrived from Fiorentina at the end of the transfer window but after not signing in time to face Arsenal he was forced to withdraw from the Morocco squad due to a minor injury it means the midfielder is also out of our game with Brighton Hove Albion on, uh, Albion on Saturday but Ten Hag expects the 27 year old to be fit again soon with big dates on the horizon blah 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 Ten Hag said Amrabat he came back unfortunately with the injury so he will not be available for tomorrow that's obviously Saturday Brighton game but I think on the short notice soon Yes, I'm sure we would all get joy from them. So it doesn't sound like he's going to be out long term. Ultimately, by the way, I think this is another big positive for Man United, both defensively and going forward. I think he's going to help in the build-up, but also is like a bit of a destroyer as well. So should help that back four and Anana. But obviously, until he's playing, we don't know that for sure. But either way, I don't think this affects us too much from an FPL point of view. I do think it'll be Casemiro, Eriksen, Fernandez, and Ten Hag will find someone else for the right. Hopefully not Rashford. And if that's the case both Rashford and Fernandez should hopefully still be pretty good holds. So a few of you have been asking me whether or not we need to be worried about Saka. Is he injured or not? And the good news is he seems to be okay. So this is what Arteta said about him. He's fine. He trained normally today. There's nothing to report. Every player has pain or issues, but there is nothing to worry about. Now, if you don't know how this all started, as far as I know, this came from one journalist over the international break who said that Saka has a recurring Achilles problem. Now, that obviously sounds really bad when you say it, but that isn't just from this season. 
it goes back to last season. So at some point, maybe that is something that Arsenal and Saka will have to deal with. But it's obviously not affecting him from playing games because he starts every single match and has done for a very long time. So from an FPL point of view, I'm not really worried whatsoever. Yes, Champions League is starting soon. There's an increased risk of rotation or minutes being managed for kind of every player that's playing in Europe. But Saka is one of those that we can always rely on. He always starts. He's on penalties. Yes, his attacking numbers aren't necessarily always as good as some other players, but the fact he's always on the pitch and always gets decent minutes is obviously a massive plus. And the fixtures Arsenal have got coming up, Everton away, Spurs at home, Bournemouth away, just don't seem like fixtures you'd want to drop him for. I know some people are reeling off the stats that Arsenal away to Everton never goes that well. They don't score a huge amount of goals. Sometimes they've lost and stuff like that. I don't tend to really worry about stats like that. Ultimately, I'm looking at it. Arsenal, great attack. Everton, really bad defence. Sack a good option in FPL. It's that simple for me. It might be that he goes and blanks to Everton away, but I'd still be much happier about making the decision to hold on to him. And this injury is not really a problem whatsoever. So if you wanted to hold Saka, happy days. If you wanted an excuse to sell him, I'm sorry it's not there. And look, if you really want Son, no issues with going to him whatsoever. But I just think with the fixtures over the next three weeks, given that Saka's also on penalties... I just don't see why you'd be looking for reasons to sell him, to be honest. But that's just my opinion. You're perfectly, obviously, what was I going to say then? Perfectly, yeah, I was going to say perfectly happy. What I should have said is perfectly okay to obviously have your own. I'm going to leave that in. I'm not going to edit it and do it again. So I'm going to finish by talking about my own team, thoughts on transfers and stuff like that. This is how the squad is looking. So I've got Turner in goal, a back three of Chilwell, Saliba, Udogi. The midfield is Rashford, Fernandez, Burmo, Sterling, and Saka. Then up front, it's Jackson and Haaland, who's currently my captain. And then the bench is Pickford, Archer, Estepini, and Kabori. I've got two free transfers and 2.2 million in the bank. The current plan is to make one transfer and then roll into game week six. So I've not had a week yet where I've used both of my free transfers, and it doesn't look like that's going to happen this week. I'm either going to bring in Son, who's obviously very popular for game week five after his hat-trick last week, or I'm going to bring in a Newcastle defender. There's not really anything else that I'm looking at. I know some people would want me to get rid of Pickford, but if Matt Turner plays against Burnley at home, I'm more than happy with that. And then Pickford's got Brentford away, Luton at home, Bournemouth at home. So I feel like I don't need to worry about my goalkeepers until game week nine onwards. And at that point, I might be getting close to a wild card anyway. It just doesn't feel like a high priority transfer for me. So Son or a Newcastle defender in is probably what I'm going to do, unless there's any last minute injury news or I get a genius idea to do something else. If I bring in Son... With that 2.2 million in the back, I don't have quite enough money to go from Inbermo anyway, but Fernandes and Burmo Saka going nowhere. The fixtures are pretty good. They're all nailed on. They're all on penalties. I don't really want to go to Son from any of them. So that leaves Rashford or Sterling. Now, if you gave me the team sheet for Man United against Brighton right now and Rashford was playing on the right, which I don't think is going to happen, but I guess it is a slight possibility, I'd probably sell him to Son because I do think he's just not as good in that role. It's not where he wants to play. But I don't think the chances of that happening are that high. And if Rashford against Brighton can get close or even match Son against Sheffield United, which isn't as impossible as it might sound when you say it out loud, then he has Burnley away and Palace at home. And even if you think Son against high lines is great, which he is, of course, Arsenal away and Liverpool at home on paper are definitely tougher. Everyone can agree with that than Burnley away and Crystal Palace at home so it's one of those that and this probably applies to anyone thinking about getting Son like if you can just get away with it this week when the damage isn't too high I think the next couple of weeks look a lot better so I just find it really hard to 
convince myself to sell Rashford. I am looking for any excuse. Like if Ten Hag had said Rashford's picked up a slight knock, he's probably going to be fine. That probably would be my excuse to get rid of him. But there are no injuries for my team. I've been very fortunate this season with how things have gone. I'm constantly having to make transfers I don't really need to make. That's the case there. So I don't really want to get rid of Rashford. The other option is Sterling because I do have that 2.2 in the bank. But it just feels so knee-jerk to have got Sterling after his 19-pointer. He blanks. Song gets 20 points. And now I'm going to bring him instead. Now, it is knee-jerk. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. I've said that over the international break. If Son only got one goal, we wouldn't be talking about him quite so much. But at the same time, if I said to you, who would you rather have this week, Sterling or Son? You'd all say Son, right? And I don't think it's a guarantee that Sterling outscores Son after this week either. So I am kind of half tempted to do it. Yesterday, I'd almost talked myself into just hitting the button. But today, I'm just less sure about it. Again, because if Sterling can get close or match him this week, there is a chance he does better over the next two with Villa at home and Fulham away. Then if I have to keep him a week longer, he's got Burnley away anyway. It's just, I guess it's just the doubts in my mind. I don't know, the doubts aren't even really there. With Son, like, I'm almost convinced like, he's 100% certain to play number nine this week. Will that continue over the next few weeks? Will Richarlison get back in the side? We don't know. Will Richarlison come off the bench for 20 minutes, which moves Son back to left wing? Possibly. Will Madison be on penalties? There's all these slight things that are making me doubt the move. And also, it's the knee-jerk factor, right? If I'd had Sterling since game week one... I think I'd be selling this week, and I don't think anyone would have a problem with that. It just looks worse because of what's happened the last couple of weeks in terms of the high points. Like, if I wasn't making videos, if I was playing this game way more casually, not spending as much time on it as I do, I suspect I would have already sold Sterling to Son, and it'd be a pretty good move. And people will say, well, you're just overthinking it. Then I don't think that's the case. I'm just thinking about it, right? I've got... I don't want to sound like I know exactly what I'm talking about, because I don't. But obviously, I've built up a lot of knowledge from playing this game... And and that is kind of telling me, don't make this move. So, I don't know, I'm just rambling at this point. I think Sterling Son is one of those that last minute could happen on the deadline stream. But there's part, part of me just saying, just get through this week, hope the damage isn't so bad, and you'll be happy you didn't make that move afterwards. But if Son scores another hat-trick, I won't be happy. The other move is Newcastle Defender. It would be for Saliba. Again, I know I don't need to do that this week, but there's not a huge amount of other transfers I want to make. I don't necessarily want to do Kabori to Botman and just bench him because that's taking more money out of my first 11. It's something I'll consider, but I'm probably not going to make that move. Um, and after this week, Spurs at home, I think they'll score against Arsenal. Bournemouth away is a good fixture in game week seven, but Newcastle have Burnley at home, which is better anyway. And then after that, Arsenal have got uh, Man City at home, Chelsea away. So apart from this week, Saliba's really no good to me until game week 10. So although you don't need to sell him this week, I think it's perfectly fine to go to a Newcastle defender to plan ahead. And all my moves have been like that so far this season. I haven't been forced into a move because of an injury, right? I did uh, Watkins to Jackson, didn't need to do it. I did Marseille to Sterling, didn't need to do it. I don't need to get rid of Saliba, but as a long-term move, it looks pretty good. I'd probably go for Cher or Trippier. The only thing I haven't decided on is whether or not I'm going to need that money that obviously share saves me over trippier again there's just something telling me don't spend all that money on trippier something might come up over the next few weeks that you need it for i do think trippier is the best option out of the two if you can afford it so that's probably what i'm going to do i did have a quick look on fantasy football hub just to make the decision even harder about who's going to score the most points for midfielders 
price between 6.8 which is basically in Burmo's price up to 9.1 which is son if you want to check all this out for kind of other stuff and use the other tools all the links you need in the description below and song comes out for the next three weeks even including the arsenal away liverpool at home higher than fernandez rashford saka madison odegaard martin foden in burma and sterling right at the bottom um and obviously if you put it even higher game weeks eight and nine where son also gets to play i think it's uh looting away fulham at home in game weeks nine uh game weeks eight and nine like he's he's even further ahead then of kind of fernandez and rashford so hub have got it as son the best midfielder at that price point over the next kind of three to five weeks and so that come oh i've clicked off the wrong thing that comes back this is where i was supposed to click that comes back to that point i was making just a minute ago that the only reason i'm not doing sterling to son really is because i've just brought him in had i had him for three or four weeks i'd be more than happy to sell him so maybe i should be telling myself yeah it's not really it's not a standard situation fpo you wouldn't usually do that but given that everything else is going so well and the team looks good and I've got two free transfers, maybe I'll do it. I don't know. Let me know what you think in the comments below. Is Sterling to Son fine? Is it too knee-jerk? What about the Saliba to Newcastle transfer? Is, this, is there something better I can do? I don't want to do Pickford, so don't even uh, mention that. Is there something better I could do instead? I just think the team looks pretty good. I don't know. I'm going to stop rambling. Thank you very much for listening and watching. If you enjoyed that video, give it a like. Hit that subscribe button. I'll be back for the deadline stream uh, on saturday morning i don't know what time i'm going to start because i've been pretty ill this week you probably hear it in my voice i don't know if i can go for two hours talking so i might start at like half nine or something like that, go for an hour and a half but either way there'll be a deadline stream tomorrow if you've been listening on podcasts and enjoying it make sure to rate five stars and leave a review that's much appreciated and if you haven't already checked out fantasy football hub all the links you need are in the description below sports social podcast network